Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows where we learned about scientific efforts to revive the woolly mammoth, the latest in military drone technology, and the mysterious Shroud of Turin. And you can listen to those programs and many more amazing Coast shows by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back. This is Coast to Coast AM. I'm your host this evening. Sitting in for George Norrie, I'm Dave Schrader. My guest this evening is an author. He is a wordsmith. He is a musician, singer, songwriter, actor, comedian. I mean, he's done it all. And uh, we're lucky enough to have him this evening. His brand new book, has been released and is fascinating. Infinite Tuesday, an autobiographical riff. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM, Michael Nesmith. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Has it really been 35 years? <laughs> yeah, 35 years. And uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, my mom, of course, was the one to introduce me to the monkeys. And, and I have the uh, interesting distinction of actually having been named after Davy Jones. So I thought that was kind of neat. But I got a chance to uh, bring her with me to the studio that day and meet with you, and that was one of the highlights of, of her life as she oh, loved cool. you, loved the music. So it was, it was great to uh, have that opportunity. But, yeah, I remember you specifically said, not this time, but, but another time. And well, here, here we, we are. are. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> 35. I'm a patient man, Michael. I, I can said, wait. Well, so am I. So we made it. Excellent. I, I, I want to tell you something. Like I said in the opening, uh, I got the autobiography, uh, and I, I got it through Audible. I love to listen to people actually tell their stories and, uh, and you can hear the intonation of their voices and you wove such a great biography because a, I love the fact that you're not linear. You, you kind of start it in one place, end it in another, and then jump back and you're, you're kind of all over the place in this book, but, but tying each one of these stories together from the past, present and future. Uh-huh. And that is, that is probably one of the, uh, the best autobiographies that I've ever had a chance to listen to. Oh, well, thank you. That's uh, nice to hear. What I was really kind of interested in and intrigued by was the fact that watching you all these years on the show and on elephant parts and television parts and in concert, uh, and I was lucky enough to see you at the Cubby Bear a number of years ago in Chicago performing. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, and and you've always had this fantastic air of confidence, um, it, it, or it appears. And <laughs> I, listening to your book, you are uh, – it, it seems you're not your biggest fan in a lot of cases. I mean, you, you, you kind of riff on the fact that you don't really think of yourself much as a a, a, a musician at the time. Uh, I was just really astounded by that. Well, I, I you know, I, I suppose in the in the book, what I set out to do was just to pull together some events that had. Uh, that kind of resonated against each other, like, uh, you know, me sitting and talking to uh, Tim Leary and asking him what his priorities in life were and having him saying, how do I look? <laughs> and this was when he was in high school. He said that that was when his first priority was. And I thought, you know, this is, here's a fascinating guy who basically just rearranged the culture when he said, turn on, tune in, and drop out, and had this... Uh, massive effect on the way people thought about things and what their priority was. And his personal priority was exactly the same as yours and mine when we were in high school, which was, how do we look? And uh, what do people think of me? And then, you know, it was all that kind of vanity, uh, teenager is thy name uh, stuff. And uh, 
I thought, you know, that's the way my life has unfolded. I run into these these uh, polarities, and they don't they they're not narrative at all. They're just revolving around a certain point, and I start to realize, oh, this is where all that stuff that I live in comes from. It spins out from this like this giant universe, and if I can just sort of look at where these various polarities are uh, and and contrast and compare, I can start to get a, a feel for my life, and that would make an interesting autobiographical riff. And so I, I started off on that and got nowhere with it. I mean, I you know I tried <laughs> to get people to read it. I tried to get stuff to happen with it, and it just basically didn't go anywhere until uh, my editor over at Random House read it, and it did go somewhere, and he said, wow, this is terrific. We want to put this out, and uh, let's get to work on it and, and polish it up and finish it up. And so then it started to come together in a way that uh, I realized – it, this is not a tell-all, but it is. It is a. It's it's critical path that it be uh, perfectly and meticulously honest in every turn. So you can't hide anything. And I thought about that for a while, and I thought, well, I can't hide anything. <laughs> I, I'm not the type that would anyway. But it just all of a sudden, you know, lose, completely loss of losing your privacy was a you know daunting for a minute. And then I thought, you know, I don't really don't have anything to hide. I mean, I've done some terrible things and things I'm ashamed of, but, you know, haven't we all? And so just join the human race and write it down. And the more I wrote, the more I realized, like you just said, you're kind of tough on yourself. And, and my editor said exactly the same thing. as woof, that's tough. And I said, but, yeah, but, you know, those are the fires we I went through. And... Uh, those were my self-concepts, and that was my self-loathing, and that was all the stuff that I was struggling with as I began to look at this incredible, infinite universe I lived in, and, and, and different things dawned on me over time. So the book took a, a very strange twist. The original title of it was Listen to the Band, you know, the monkey song, Listen to the right. Band. And I, I had, a, had an idea, well... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of set up the different bands that I played in, not necessarily musicians, but anybody that was, you know, any four guys in the room in the, in the, in the 60s was a band. You know, that was what was going on then. But <clears throat> I found that business was doing that, and uh, enterprise was doing that, and people who were off on a weekend would do that. You'd, you'd get together, and it would become this band, and... And so I thought, well, that's what I'll do. I'll just call it Listen to the Band, and people will tie it to the monkeys. And, and the guys at Random House said, oh, no, you can't call that book Listen to the Band. This is, that makes it sound like a rock memoir, and this is definitely not that. This is deep insight into stuff that was going on that uh, you, know, you never see in a memoir. So you've got to name it something else. I said, well, Listen to the Band's all I got. What do you guys got? <laughs> And they sent me a stack of titles, and Infinite Tuesday was one of them. One of them. I'm a huge fan of David Foster Wallace, the writer, and his book Infinite Jest was uh, an important book to me. And I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll jump in that pool. That's great. Let's go Infinite something. And Tuesday was there because of me and Douglas Adams and our favorite uh, cartoon, which the book sort of explains. And next thing you know, it was uh, the, the the whole book just completely turned around which is a long-winded way of saying I didn't really intend to do any of those things. They just sort of happened 
over time. But I'm glad it was revelatory, and I'm glad that it was, uh, you know, it, everything laid out there just uh, easy, and here we are, and here we all are, and this is the way these things come down. And isn't it fascinating? And so um, I, I wasn't hammering on myself. I didn't want to do a tell-all, but I did want to make it real. and I did want to make it honest. So I think everybody from Monkeys fans to uh, people who are just going through a life passage will, will find some traction in there. What did you, as a Monkeys fan, David, mm-hmm. what did you think of it as far as uh, the way I covered that? Did, was there enough in there for you? You know what's interesting about it, and I, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to read this book because I think it's much more important than just, as you said, uh, a rock tell-all. You did a great job of hitting major points in a way that I didn't expect. and Cool. And and what I really was thrown by was the fact of you you come across to me in a sense as Moses through most of this book. You you keep getting the children to the promised land, and you're kind of forced to stand back and watch it, it take on its own life. And you, you're almost, in a sense, kind of left standing there watching it happen and evolve in front of you. And in some sometimes you're there at the beginning of the wave, and but you're not there for the crash of it. And, and that I found really intriguing about yeah. your story. Well, good, good. And it was very, uh, it was insightful, which was great. It wasn't this fluff piece. It wasn't, you know, it it was great uh, the way you wove stories of the different people that came in and and out through your life. I mean, yes, as a Monkees fan, would I have loved more? Sure. But, you know, the other guys have put out books that have covered a lot of those different aspects. There's been documentaries. There's been that. And I love the revelations that you shared. And, And tonight I'll try to ask a few things that maybe weren't covered in the book just to, you know, for my own interest and and the listeners as well. But I'm curious. I mean, we just passed uh, September 12th, 1966. So this is the 51st anniversary of the airing of the very first episode of The Monkees. And I'm just curious, what what did you enjoy more, that original run and the popularity or watching last year with, you know, 50 years later, you guys release an album that goes into the top 50 again and is getting hailed as, as a fantastic album, not just a throwback to the 60s, but a, an album that really has has these strong ties, and you've got a lot of these indie rock musicians that are, are behind it. Did you enjoy the initial popularity more or what you've seen occur over the years since the Monkees went off the air? Well, that's a good question. I, I, uh, I don't think I, I have a really perfect answer for that it, it it's been you know from the minute the television show hit or, or i should say was on the air and we started to feel the tremors of media throughout society and i and i started thinking my gosh what's going on and you know the story i tell in the book about the girl throwing herself on the hood of my car and all of those things that started to get really wacky and surreal that never quit <laughs> that mm-hmm. just stayed on, and it's been you know part of my, part of my life uh, since since those early days of the '60s. And now here I am, you know, 50 years later, I'm 75 instead of 25, and it still has that same kind of odd surreality to it that came from its origin as a television show. And I don't know that I ever parsed that complete for my own uh, edification. And so when I see reruns or when I see uh, an anniversary come by, you know, the 25th anniversary comes and goes, and the 50th came and went, and and I see those things. I, I'm a 
I'm surprised at how much it's exactly like those first days of uh, of the television show. And then there was that whole just giant, you know, pop star run and boy band run and everything that happened through the 60s and 70s, and that was in the middle of that culture shift um, when everything was changing and the war in Vietnam and everybody dropping acid and the whole thing of that, you know, um, new counterculture developing. But it all feels the same just exactly now as it did then. So uh, I don't know whether I caught that in the book, but that's the real answer to your question. It just it just been it's just been fifty years of uh, you know uh, of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a word, but I no, can't I'm, find it. I, I'm with you on that. And what I, you know what I, I found really interesting too about the the monkeys and the phenomena that surrounds it is the fact that. You know, a lot of people are, are very dismissive of it. It was just a TV show about this make-believe band. And you guys kind of tackled this in that special anniversary episode you did, which I can't, was that for the 20th or twenty or 30th anniversary when you came back and did a, a one episode? Yeah, the 186th episode. Right, right. <laughs> Where you guys just kind of pretended that the series just can, continued on all these years and, and it went on. But in a sense, it... It's like that. Even yeah. though the Monkeys TV series ended, what the Monkeys was continued on, and yeah. and they tried to reboot that in the eighties with the new Monkeys TV series. Yeah. yeah, and you could see that it it the Monkeys transcended just being a TV show. It became uh, it became the the living boy, the Pinocchio story, as Mickey yeah. likes to to talk about it. What did you think when they were? going to reboot the show and, and have four new guys kind of playing out these characters. Yeah, the monkeys redux. Well, right. it, it, uh, it, you know, it, it was transparently uh, foolish to try that, I thought, because mm-hmm. there was something embedded in the early shows uh, that made it uh, eternal, made it persist, made it go forward that I don't think anybody understood at the time, and that thing was television. A thing was a medium that none of us knew anything about. And the guys who were producing the shows, the guys who were writing the shows, and so on and so forth, um, nobody really understood the kind of uh, energy and power of an idea like this. And, you know, it, it wasn't... It, it's hard to dig down into the aesthetic principle and the, and the foundations of the art of the monkeys and find anything there much more than just a comedy show. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.